Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Agent to Agent, where today we're in the trenches talking about something near and dear to my heart, being prospecting based as a real estate agent, especially when you're starting fresh in a new city like me. So as someone who's moved and reestablished myself, I can tell you this is golden. So sit tight and let's jump in. What does being prospecting based actually mean? I moved to a new city with zero connections, zero leads, and you guessed it, zero listings. Talk about a fresh start, right? So how am I generating business? By being prospecting-based, a term coined by Gary Keller in his book, Millionaire Real Estate Agent. Being prospecting-based means taking control, grabbing the steering wheel, and driving down the road to success. It's the difference between being stuck on a dirt road in a beater with no exits and being short on gas versus being in a brand new smooth ride on a four-lane highway with off-ramps, interchanges, plenty of gas stations and rest stops, plenty of options. It's all about being proactive. This isn't just textbook stuff. This is what I live by. And this month, I've dialed into expired listings and for sale by owners relentlessly because in a new city, waiting around for leads to fall into your lap just doesn't cut it. Gary Keller talks about the three L's, leads, listings, and leverage. And when you're in a new city or just getting started, getting a grasp on that first L, leads, is crucial. You're essentially planting the seeds in new soil every day, and it can be a little bit grueling, but that's where the success sprouts from. Now, let's say you're marketing-based, which sounds pretty cool, but it's just simply not enough. Most new or newer agents who rely on marketing usually run out of money way before they see any real result. And if you rely on Google pay-per-click or Facebook ads, which I do use, if I just relied on that, I probably would have run out of money by now. Grant Cardone, a master of sales, spills it out in his book, Seller Be Sold. You can't just sit around and wait for opportunities. You have to make them. And being in a new city like Miami for me, or maybe you're a newer agent or you're not doing as much as you'd like, uh, really makes being prospecting based not just a strategy, but a necessity. The opportunities aren't just going to come knocking on your door. You've got to go out and you've got to find them. And that means hitting the phones, attending networking events, letting everybody you know, know that you do real estate, maybe door knocking, whatever it takes. I want to talk to you about implementing proven strategies in a new market from day one. Now, earlier I mentioned the importance of hitting the ground running with strategies that have already been proven, but let's dig a little deeper into what that means. Starting over in a new city for me doesn't just mean starting from scratch. It doesn't mean ditching everything you know for some shiny new methods that promise some kind of quick success. And I'm sure every real estate out there Every day, we're getting bombarded with ads for new shiny objects that promise success without you actually having to do the thing that you hate doing, which is prospecting. No, it means doubling down on what has already worked. So you see, many people think that when you're in a new environment, you've got to adapt to local customs or local market conditions. And while there is actually a grain of truth to adapting to new situations, 
I firmly believe in the principle of proven strategies that are proven for a reason. And as Gary Keller points out in The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, the path to success is built on mastering a few critical tasks. And I've already mastered those in my previous market. So what does this mean in practice? Well, for one, it means my focus isn't on relearning the basics. Grant Cardone talks about this in his book, Sell or Be Sold. Selling is universal. People are people. No matter what zip code you're in, the tactics to get someone's attention, engage them, and ultimately close the deal, those don't change. Therefore, my day one in this new city was very much like any other day in my previous market. Focused, disciplined, and tactical. I already know what works, high-velocity prospecting, and so I don't need to spend months tinkering around with different strategies, wasting valuable time and resources. I don't need to figure out what works. I already know what works, and now you know what works. The only thing I need to do is execute because at the end of the day, as Gary Vee would say, execution is the game. So my strategy isn't about reinventing. It's about duplicating past successes. Uh, I bring out my well-worn playbook, dust it off, dust off my best plays and get right to it. And that means I pick up the phone. I call those expired listings for sale by owners to get started getting listings. And for me, the reason that that matters is a properly marketed listing should attract at least one buyer client for me as well. And that's it. Simple but effective. And that's the L in the three L's, leads, listing, and leverage. The second L is leverage. And that's why I like listings because they provide that leverage for every listing you get. You're also getting a buyer out of that transaction probably as well. I want to go over my current action plan for prospecting. So let's start by diving into what I'm currently doing in Miami in my first month as a real estate agent here. So about a month ago, I decided to put my money where my mouth is and ramp up my prospecting efforts. I targeted specifically expired listings, canceled listings, and withdrawns, also for sale by owners. And I also started with a little bit of circle prospecting. We'll get into what that is later. So the results after the first month are I had five listing appointments and two of those people actually signed listing agreements with me. Now, that may not sound like a home run, but remember, prospecting is all about planting seeds and watching them grow over time. And in the words of Grant Cardone from the 10X rule, success is your duty, it's your obligation and responsibility, and I'm just getting started. And there is a snowball effect with following up on those type of lead sources. Now, also, let's talk about ISAs, inside sales agents. This month, I decided to bring on two new ISAs to turbocharge my own prospecting. And why? Well, because time is money and leveraging other people's time is like compound interest in the bank. ISAs have always been the engine that drives my listing machine so that I can focus on listing appointments. And I need those ISAs because I need to reach as many people as possible in this market in the fastest amount of time possible. I don't have a whole lot of time to get started. And remember, this journey is to 2 million in GCI. So I need to leverage myself as quickly as possible. And ISAs are one of the my favorite ways to do that on the listing side. So here's the thing though with ISAs. 
They're not an instant magic pill. You have to train them and they do need some on the job experience to be fully effective. Now, in my experience, it takes about three months for an ISA to become truly proficient, probably at least three months. You'll know in the first month or two if there's talent. And if there is talent there and you're training them, it takes a total of about 90 days for them to reach full proficiency. Now, they may not ever be as good as you. And I know a lot of you out there are probably saying, oh, yeah, but nobody's as good as me. You probably think that about most of the things you do in your real estate business. Uh, especially if you're already great at prospecting. But imagine if each one was only about 60% as good as you, but you've got two of them. That's right. Do the math. That's 120% as good as you. And now you've also just bought your time back to focus on building out the rest of your business. Now, in this new city, where my sphere isn't uh, very extensive as it was in my previous market, I'm going full force, no holding back. And that's where my boy Grant Cardone's 10X rule comes back into play. Uh, if you think you should make five calls a day, try making 50. Now, my team members, it's always been a policy on my team that they have to make a minimum of 50 calls a day. We call it doing the 50. And, uh, they have to do that just to be a member. So I make my ISAs actually make 500 calls a day. So that's what it means to 10X your business. And remember, being prospecting-based gives you the steering wheel in your business. You're not just sitting back hoping the market will somehow take care of you or somehow become profitable. You dictate the pace and the direction that you're going. Now, even though I'm focused on expireds and FISBOs, don't forget about your sphere of influence. We talked about that in a previous episode, and there's nothing passive about leveraging your sphere of influence. It's proactive and it's prospecting based. And more importantly, it's uh, it's relational. Gary Keller drives that home in his in the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. Your database isn't just a list of names. Your business's most valuable asset, it's about the quality of your quality of your relationships and how often you're in contact. So no one just wants to be a name on a fridge magnet. I remember actually when I got my first refrigerator magnet, it's like 14 years ago, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. That meant I arrived as an agent, just like when new agents get business cards. Nobody ever called me off of those magnets, not once. So uh, yeah, that's why we got to be prospecting based. You want to be the go-to guy or girl in your real estate market. And to do that, you've kind of, you know, you don't want to be a secret agent. You have to get in people's faces and let them know you do real estate. Now, that's what being prospecting based means. It's taking control of your business's direction. Compare, compare that to being marketing based where you're drifting with the currents, you might end up somewhere good or you might not, but wouldn't you rather steer the ship? That's why we're prospecting based and marketing enhanced. And I'll cover the difference on that later. Now, I did want to get into the tech that I use to boost my prospecting efforts, but I think that deserves its own episode the next couple of weeks or so. So we'll get a little more heavy into some tech tools that I actually leverage to enhance my prospecting efforts. So remember, prospecting puts you in the driver's seat. Okay, now I want to go over some listener questions. I want to demystify this prospecting. 
So we've covered a lot of ground today, and now let's dive into some listener questions. These are pretty common from new and experienced agents who have never added prospecting to their toolbox. So question number one is, how do I overcome the fear of cold calling? And uh, this is a bit of a tough one because it is a fear. It's a primal fear. It's actually, it ties into uh a fear of public speaking, if you will. Uh, but if you, again, have read Grant Cardone's Seller Be Sold, you'll know that fear is often an indicator that you need to take some kind of action. And when I started, I was in the same boat. I was super nervous. I wasn't even doing real estate full time back then. And uh, as they, as we used to say back in the Marines, the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in war. So my advice is, Find a proven script that works. And like I say, proven. And I'll probably go through some of my scripts in the next coming weeks. So get your script and then role play that script so that you, when you do make your first few calls, it isn't going to sound like you're making your first few calls. Uh, the only real way to get over fear, by the way, is to confront it by doing the thing that you're actually afraid of. So they say that the definition of bravery isn't not being afraid, but it's moving forward in the face of fear. And you're going to be surprised that it wasn't really that scary after all. Once you actually make your first call, you'll wonder what the big deal was in the first place. So, And also, once you start picking up listings every week, you're going to become addicted to it. That's what happened with me. Okay, so question number two. How many calls should I make each day? So prospecting is a contact sport. I think I ripped that off from Gary Keller too. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I heard him say that. Prospecting is a contact sport. So the more contacts you make, the more conversations about real estate, the more clients you're going to pick up. Gary Keller talks about that in his book, Millionaire Real Estate Agent. If you don't have a copy, it was the very first book I read in real estate was that book. So I didn't know anything other than that book. And I just used it as a roadmap because I didn't know the difference. And that's what launched me on that career. And I've followed that blueprint ever since then. So uh, you, Gary Keller says in Millionaire Real Estate Agent or MREA, uh, you got to know your numbers how many calls it takes to get one appointment, how many appointments it takes to close a deal. And for me, the numbers varied by lead source, but a good rule of, good rule of thumb for expired listings is about 20 contacts per listing appointment. Now that number might be a little bit higher when you're new, especially probably the first 45 contacts you make as a new agent, you're not going to get anything from because that's just a learning curve for you right there. But then once you get through the through those maybe first 45 contacts or so, and you really got the lay of the land, you've got your objection handlers, all that stuff down, then it's generally a rule of thumb is about 20 contacts per listing appointment. And that's been true over many, many years. That number is held pretty solid. If you really, really start getting skilled up, maybe you can get that down to 15, but that's generally it's going to be 20, 20 contacts to one appointment for expires and uh, withdrawals. So you can't really control how many people pick up the phone, though. All you can control are the number of dials. So keep going until you get enough contacts. Uh, it's always been about consistency. Okay, question number three. And this is right along the same line. So it looks like a lot of you maybe that are just starting out might have a lot of the same or similar 
type of fears or at least related fears. So question number three is how do I handle rejection? So rejection, if you'll notice, I love quoting rejection is part and parcel of the uh, prospecting game. But uh, just remember each no brings you closer to a yes. Grant Cardone emphasizes this in the uh, 10X rule. And it's all about, you know, it's not about rejection. It's about your reaction to it. And if it does happen, take it in stride, but learn from it and move on to the next opportunity. Uh, Chances are they don't even know who you are or why you are calling before their reactionary defense response kicked in to try and get you off the phone. So it's not about you anyway, and it never really is. So they're not rejecting you. So just kind of get over that idea, but just take it as a cue to strengthen up your pitch and skill up a little bit. And then uh, you'll be able to get over that pretty quick and just laugh it off. I, I still don't like it either, but I kind of laugh every time it happens. Uh, probably just to, is <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. So this is why you also really have to hone the first four seconds of your pitch to set you apart from other agents that a prospect might have already talked to. But we're going to get into greater detail, a lot greater detail about that specifically in a future episode. Now, I'd love to hear more of your questions and what topics you'd like to hear about, or maybe what questions you have or what steps I'm doing directly in my business that you may want to hear about in a future episode. Also, just leave your comments below and leave them in the review section, maybe, uh, with a nice review, and I will see them. So this has been a great episode. We've explored being prospecting-based versus marketing-based. We've covered one of my tried-and-true strategies for immediately getting into production in a new city or as a new agent. We've answered a few listener questions. Now, next week, we're going to get into what it means to be marketing-enhanced. Prospecting-based and marketing-enhanced go hand-in-hand with each other. We're going to cover all that fun marketing stuff that so many agents get so excited about. Now, I'm going to show you how it should act as a force multiplier for everything that you do. Being prospecting-based and being marketing-enhanced gives you the steering wheel in your career. you're not going to be waiting for the random wins or what Gary Keller calls the slow burn of marketing to steer you. You're going to be setting your own course. Whether you're a new agent or a veteran, I hope today's conversation will inspire you to take control of your real estate destiny. And as we wrap up, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Leave me a comment down below if this was helpful, if you thought it sucked, whatever it is, I'd love to have your feedback. Your feedback is the fuel that keeps this podcast going. So in the next episode, again, we're going to be delving into what it means to being marketing enhanced. You won't want to miss it. See you next time.